All right, hello and welcome to the Tech Petition Podcast for the week of May the 8th, 2017. Um, and we have quite a few things to talk about today. Uh, Clarence, how you doing, buddy? I am doing good, man. I am happy to be back on my normal routine. It's been a been a, a lot going on in the last week and a half, week and a half for me, man. Um, so who, who did you go see? Uh, oh, well, I didn't go and see anybody. I just went to the, um, any, anybody in particular, we just went to a few events. I went to, uh, the, the C Spire CTX event in Oxford, which I got to see Randy Zuckerberg and, uh, the CIO. It, who is Randy Zuckerberg? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's sister. Oh, that was his sister? Yeah, that was his sister. Oh, yeah, so, okay. So she was kind of talking about the uh, the book she wrote and among other Facebook things. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> to so say does least. she work at Facebook? She did at one time. She did at one time, but I think she left maybe the maybe five years ago and oh, started okay. doing her own thing. So she she writes writes books and she started actually started her own company. So uh, yeah, um, it was interesting seeing her. We also had an AI guy. I can't remember his name, but he was there talking about AI and stuff and um, self-driving cars, things like that, as well as the CIO of the NFL. Uh, and I forget her name. Excuse oh, wow. Me for my ignorance. <laughs> but yeah, she was there talking about how uh, the heavy hitters. The, yeah. The NFL is leveraging um, technology, wearable technology on the uh, players, which I didn't know this. They like track every movement of the players while they're on the field because they have sensors in their shoulder pads wow. relaying data back. So that's maybe how they can map some plays, you know, for the coaches and things after, or maybe even real time. I don't even know. And she also talked about like uh, the licensing deals with TV and things like that, you know, see on Twitter and other platforms that try to uh, show NFL games. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, I don't want to talk for too long. So let me go on. I uh, went to, uh, Dallas for a basketball tournament with, with the nephew. And then this past weekend, I went to Hulana, which is a Doctor Who convention in Atlanta. And that was a lot of fun as well. So that was my first con, actually. So, yeah, I, I've been doing a lot the past week and a half, but it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> right on, man. What have you been up to, man? Anything interesting? Uh, I wouldn't say interesting. Uh, we've been moving to a bigger place. Uh, and I've got a Google Home sitting on my desk that I need to open and maybe do a video or something with. Uh. Oh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> life, get that yeah, unboxing my, up on YouTube. <laughs> my my awesome. life is ne- nowhere near that interesting these days. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, hey, I, ne- I really have ne- a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, well, neither is mine, but it just happened to all happen in the last week and a half. So, hey, there it is. <laughs> cool. So shall we start with the news? Yeah, man, let's get into it. Uh, so, do you want to take this? Yeah, um, man, uh, the glories of eBay. <laughs> so this StarCraft fan, um, uh, bought a box on eBay and lo and behold, he found in it the original GoMaster source co- code for StarCraft. What? Yeah, man, what, uh, that, I, can't even fathom how that would get out but yeah he he found it in a random ebay purchase and and uh, i guess the uh the guys over at blizzard wanted it back huh <laughs> yeah um yeah they uh 
They, uh, what did they do? They sent, the lawyers sent him in a mail, a yeah. email asking him to return it, to do the right thing. And he was like, ah, why not? And he sent it back to him. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird how something like that would get out. But, you know, I don't think he's really beholden to give it back to him. But, you know, when the lawyers of a company such as Blizzard start knocking at your door, you kind of, you know, <laughs> As yeah. A, now, if he would have stolen it, then yeah, they could. Yeah. They would probably have some um, legal ground. But seeing as how you know he just came, kind of came across it, you know, he, he wasn't like intentionally trying to procure it. Like, I don't think there was a whole lot they could have done, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't in the wrong at all. But I still have to wonder what secrets can be uh, deemed from a twenty-year-old disc. <laughs> Maybe a lot. Who knows? Well, I mean, it's the that. The the funny thing is, StarCraft is still big business for Blizzard. Um, but you know, there's St- StarCraft Two didn't really. I mean, I'm sure it's very popular, but that first game was like ridiculously popular, and people still play it now. You know, they just released it for free, and they're releasing the remastered version soon. And I, I, my only thing about this is, I hope you know, I know personally, if this would have happened to me, y'all would have sent them the disc back, but I would have, I would have dumped. The, the data to my computer first. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he did that instead of just sending it back. But I mean, the story kind of has an happy ending though. Um, I don't know if you want to cover that or. Yeah. Well, he gets, he gets the trip to BlizzCon, uh, which eh, even that, I mean, give me like a, a 500, uh, <laughs> give me some money. Give me like well, a, a five G's or something. I don't well, know. Well, the thing is he lives on the East coast and BlizzCon is in like California, I think. So yeah. they, they, it was all expenses paid. So they okay. paid for his hotel. Okay. They paid for his flight. They paid for everything. Um, and they sent him a bunch of swag too. I don't know if you saw the picture. Uh, they sent him a bunch of Razor like chroma keyboards and whatnot, which I think is pretty cool because those, those keyboards are pretty expensive. The black riddle chroma is like a hundred bucks, just that keyboard. Um, so I thought that was really nice of them because I mean, they, they really didn't have to do anything, but. It's just one of, to me, it's one of those rare occurrences where doing the right thing actually pays off. <laughs> so, you know, my hat's off to the guy. He, did, You know, good for him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, so next, we kind of chatted about this when it happened this past week. Uh, so Microsoft, um, they've been, you know, slowly and consistently entering the hardware business from different angles. And they've mostly been doing tablets and, of course, the Xbox. Uh, and this past week, they announced the Surface Laptop. Hmm. Now, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on this because on one end, I think it's really cool because uh, the hardware looks really cool. And, you know, Microsoft makes really, really their their services are awesome. Um I've never owned one, but I've played with them a lot in the service book. I play with the service. I play with everything. And I think they're really, really nice, well put together pieces of hardware. And to me, this just seems to continue the trend. However, um, this whole Windows 10S thing kind of, I don't really know how I feel about it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely falls into the line of what they tr- attempted to do with the, um, original surface uh they had like the surface pro and the surface 2 and then the pro version it was full blown windows and it was uh an intel architecture but uh well i think you mean the rt yeah and the rt was gimped 
I want to say it was, <laughs> it was, oh man, I can't remember if it was arm or not. It Whatever was, it was, you couldn't run, yeah, it you was couldn't arm. run full blown X86 apps. You can only run, uh, universal. The, yeah, the, the store apps or the universal apps. And that was kind of the downfall of that platform at the time because they, they wanted, they really wanted developers to jump on and develop apps for the universal platform. And that kind of never took off. Um, uh, just, just, this is, tough uh a road to hoe so again we come to current day with the windows 10 and they have once again made a gimped version of windows <laughs> uh windows s which i don't know what that means student uh maybe uh but in in any case it's a version of windows that by default does not run uh non-store x86 apps now that's not to say that it can't run x86 apps, but it has to be an app that is in the, in the Windows store. Approved. That, yeah, approved in the Windows store. So, so that's kind of what they're doing to, um, have a closed ecosystem that can, that is better suited for a student where you don't, you're not pulling in viruses and stuff like that from any piece of software that you just find sitting out on the net. Now, honestly, me personally, I, I can see both sides of this. On, on the one hand, you know, Windows gets a really bad rap about viruses and all this other junk. And Microsoft is actually, I feel they're being very proactive in the sense that they've set and they've actually thought about how can we make this platform more secure, you know, because, you know, especially with students, because students are Muppets. They'll click on anything. and Indeed. And, you know, I worked for a school district for three years and then, you know, given these were like, um, I would say a, a lower elementary to high school students, but we had to lock these laptops down with Windows group policy and active directory because, I mean, they couldn't even copy certain file extensions. Like they couldn't copy, they couldn't download EXEs. Just they, like there was just certain things they couldn't do. They could, obviously they didn't have administrator rights to install programs, but to mm-hmm. me, this, if you were an administrator for, uh, school district and these are for kids like this makes your job so much easier but the only other side of that that i see is that there's so many software educational softwares that you know that teachers use that they really really like and you know if it's not on the windows store then it's pretty much out of the question and you know for example uh what is it like promethean boards i don't know if you ever heard of that i can't remember the company but yeah, not. I I doubt their software is in the Windows Store. So you know, yeah, you, but, you spend two or three grand on a on a smart board for your classroom, and you can't run a software. That's just kind of a deal breaker. Yeah, but I also think about the alternative. Whether it's the alternative to get a Mac that is probably not going to run the a Mac or an iPad that's probably not going to run the software that you have anyway yeah. <laughs> or or a chromebook that again probably isn't going to run the software that you have anyway so i think this is microsoft putting something in the middle um that kind of has that lockdown side on it but it if, if a developer really wants to reach his audience the way the windows store is set up now you can package an x86 app with very little work into a windows store app so that's kind of the change they've made to the store uh, versus how it was in the rt days so with that being said there's also the option to upgrade to full-blown pro windows yep. which for students i don't think they'll be taking an option m- much but again, it's there if 
they need it. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing about this for students, I think it makes perfect sense because Chromebooks make perfect sense if you think about it because if you're a student, you need to get on in there, you need to write papers, like to yeah. research. Like, that's <laughs> all you need to do. Maybe check email. And that's, I feel like that's why Chromebooks have taken off because they take, they've kind of synthesized what most people use the internet for and they've cut out all the stuff that makes computers more expensive. And I feel like the same thing is going to happen with, with 10S because, you know, of course, Microsoft's uh, 10S laptop is a grand, but you'll probably see $100, $200 Windows 10S laptops, just like you see $100, $200 Chromebooks, and it'll eat up that same space. Like, I didn't realize that the Pixel, when it was released, was like $1,500. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, they were, they were super, super expensive. So, you know... It kind of makes a little more sense to me now. At first, I was like, wow, $999. But yeah, after doing research, I I think that for what they're aiming to do anyway, I think this is going to be pretty effective. Um, it, If for nothing else, then, you know, Microsoft has kind of set the bar. So when you get a laptop with 10S on it and it doesn't work correctly, you can't be like, uh, Windows 10S sucks. You're like, oh, Acer's. Asus, <laughs> Windows, yeah. laptops. So, you know, so Microsoft yeah. is actually, they're smart by doing this because it's like, okay, this is how it's done. If the, if it doesn't run right, it's not our fault. It's the manufacturer's fault because they put our OS on crappy hardware, you know? So yeah. it's really smart. Yeah. And just to add to that, I heard an interview with Sachin Nadella, uh, Sachin Mania, uh, and he was <laughs> talking about, um, uh, what, uh, Windows 10 S means. And, you know, he made a good point. He was saying like, you know, the education market is big, but what we really want to do is, you know, once you make that first impression on a student or, or anybody that's younger, you know, they often stick with what they have and they kind of get used to what they've used. And that kind of carries on with them until adulthood. So, this is their play to, to jump in on the education market. Uh, I don't know if the margin on these things are going to be great, you know, but uh, again, it's the long tail of how it's going to um, follow a student once they go on into college and, and into the workforce. Oh, yeah. Smart move. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, is it just me or is everybody launching a uh, live streaming TV service? Well, I mean, I think DirecTV was a DirecTV now kind of made it mainstream and the end thing to do. Yeah. Well, you got uh, DirecTV now. You have, uh, um, what's the other one? PlayStation have View. Pa- PlayStation? PlayStation View. And, uh, is it, it's not Ustream. What's the, what's the Sling? Sling. Sling. Yeah. yeah. Sling. You got Sling TV, which I did briefly subscribe to, uh, probably like a year and a half ago. And you also have Google TV, which came out a couple of months ago, and that's Google slowly TV? releasing. Yeah, yeah, it's slowly releasing in select cities. It may be even, even be in Kansas City, actually. For real? Uh, yeah. And now entering into the fray is dun dun dun, dun Hulu Live TV. <laughs> so, man, uh, do you think we're just getting live TV overload online, or is this a natural progression? And, uh. What about the competition and the different segments that we have trying to do the same thing? Do you think it's a good thing? Well, I mean, competition is always a good thing in, in my book anyway. Um, the only thing I worry about is that, you know, with these different services, 
they pretty much offer all the same channels. And they say, like, it's with Sl- Sling, I particularly have a problem with because they call it quote unquote a la carte TV. And it's really not a la carte TV. Yeah. It's, just a, <laughs> it's just a smaller bundle of yeah. channels, you know, and a lot of them you probably won't watch. Like, I think until we get to the point where you pick every channel that you want, you want on your service and you only pay for those channels until we get to that point, you know, it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think it's a good thing, like you said, as far as for competition and, you know, competition makes prices go down. You know, you go from the case where you only have Comcast and AT&T to choose from to watch TV. And if you're a little more progressive and willing to watch it on different devices versus a cable box, uh, you know, you know, you have a lot more options of what to choose and choose the best price. And, you know, maybe they, they might not have the skinny bundles or the a la carte that we're looking for, but you can kind of choose the service that has the best lineup of channels that you're looking for. So, I mean, ultimately I think it's a good thing. And, you know, we're just getting started with this. So I would, I, I'm really anxious to see how the landscape looks, you know, maybe one, two years from now. And there's one thing I will say before we get off of this that, you know, even though this is cool and it's innovative and, you know, you have smaller cross sections of channels that you pay less for. There's one thing that the big companies, the big AT&T, Comcast, uh, Charter, I think it's Spectrum now, um, that they all have over these streaming services. And it's the DVR. I mean that like that's well, the, well, that's yeah. a big thing. Like I know I know PlayStation View or now whatever it's called. I know they have a a cloud DVR, but yeah. Um I don't think it works quite as well. And, <laughs> yeah. And well, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going well it's it's you know, well I will mention and I I'll mention this briefly and stay off of it cuz it cuz it is a company I work for. But C Spire TV is on the website. It's already been in the presses. They're going to have a streaming service as well for what? their customers. <laughs> for their customers, for their customers. Unlimited data. Uh, yeah, for yeah, for customers who have a cable subscription for now. So we don't know how this is going to change. Wait, I can't wait a really minute, speak wait a minute. C Spire does cable now? Yes, we have subscribers at home. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I, did, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. So, so they're going to be having a like service, and I'm not going to speak specifically on that, that service, but I will just say that a lot of these services are going to have the cloud DVRs, and you got to think about it's a different uh way to think about the way you watch and what does a program guide mean when it's in the cloud, you know, or on a on a box? How does that translate from what you're used to on your Comcast? uh uh, cable box. And I think, uh, we've, we're seeing the different interface interfaces from the different companies, but I think we just need to move forward that interface to something that is a happy medium between what we're used to, to where we're going. So, you know, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm always excited about new technology. My thing is, I just feel like until they can make that experience kind of analog to, what you would get with a physical box in your home. And it's getting there. It's really, really close. But I feel like until it gets there, because I'll give you an example. Um, in the past two or three years, me and my wife, we went from direct TV to Google fiber and so on and so forth. And, you know, every time there's kind of like this learning curve with her, you know, learning how to use the DVR and, you know, how to record yeah. her shows oh, and like all this other stuff in, yeah. and, you know, like it's, 
it's until, until they can get there, then I feel like a lot of mainstream users won't really like. If it was me, like I'd be fine with a clown DVR. Like I'd be I'd be fine with no DVR, honestly. But you know, but for the people who aren't as tech savvy, they you know they don't. I mean, they rely on the DVR a lot. So you know, it's it's something I feel like is very very important to that transition to completely cutting the cord. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I do think some of the servers do have, do have it. Like you said, uh, was it the, uh, PlayStation View has it? Yeah, I but know PlayStation does. I, I know that DirecTV now doesn't. It, it, it does not. I used it for a month, <laughs> but, but it's just again, making whatever that cloud DVR equivalent is, making it good, a good experience or something that the customer is at least used to yeah. uh, on, on that service. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it can be done. It's just going to take some time and uh, hopefully this competition continues and, and yeah, it's just better for the consumer ultimately. Oh yeah. It's all, yeah. hundred percent agree. <laughs> So, um, speaking of streaming, uh, and cable TV <laughs> and all that good stuff, it appears that, uh, Netflix has almost four times as many streaming subscribers as Comcast has cable subscribers, which just reading that, like, I need a helmet on the complaint, <laughs> contain the mess of my head exploding. Like, yeah, that that's, cr- that's crazy. But given, given <laughs> Netflix <laughs> is only $10 a month. As yes. opposed to Comcast, which is probably what fifty to eighty dollars a month. Yes, so yes. a lot of people have Comcast and have Netflix. So I mean, you, you kind of have to like, uh, what is it? You kind of have to temper that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and additionally, I don't know if they're just talking about domestic subscribers, but you got to realize Netflix is pretty much worldwide at this point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that even further uh, expands the gap of why the the uh, subscriber base may be so uh, great. But there is no doubt that uh, cable is kind of flat or declining, and Netflix has been on the rise for 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 quite some time now. So um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of cool to see what they've done, and as witnessed by anyone who has a Netflix subscription, the <laughs> amount of Netflix originals just keeps growing out of control. It's almost more than I can keep up with at this point. <laughs> And it's funny, like with Netflix, the the originals are nice, but I think the 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 appeal of Netflix is that there's more stuff on there than you will ever possibly watch. Yes, so you can always get on there and find something new and interesting to watch. That's how I found. Like I was bored one day and I was just looking for stuff, and I found Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which is like this documentary <laughs> of this sushi sushi but sushi chef in japan i don't know if you've ever seen it yeah i've it, seen it it's, it's excellent it's, it's it actually good. it actually spawned a netflix original i believe um yeah midnight with, or something yeah where they follow the different chefs and see how they cook but i mean that's something that i would have never gotten from a cable subscription like yeah. ever you know so yeah <laughs> yeah the, the the uh diversity of content on there is just something that you know i mean everybody knows netflix is awesome of course you have those people complain oh this movie is leaving there's still <laughs> more stuff than you'll ever watch on netflix so just Seriously. find something else Seriously. i never get that argument <laughs> yeah it's i mean i i think this is amazing and it just shows you you know like we were just saying like streaming is not going anywhere <laughs> yeah, no so, not at all it's i i just look forward to seeing how they like I'm I'm waiting for one of these companies whether it's Amazon or whoever which I think Amazon is actually in on this now they're going to be streaming some of the Thursday night football games 
I think they have like exclusive rights, but I feel like whoever like really breaks into sports, they're going to just get like a huge advantage because I mean, that's another thing, you know, we talk about DVR keeping people, you know, in the cable subscriptions. The other thing is sports, you know, like that's the only way to watch it really. I mean, some yeah. stuff comes on broadcast television, but if you don't live in the t- city or state that your favorite team does, then you're kind of screwed. If you don't yeah, have that, a cable subscription. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, you have the, the NBA packages and stuff that, you know, that and NFL packages also. But I think even in those cases, they don't show everything because of license yeah. and deals. And it's funny because I believe MLB, you can you can play, you can pay and just, you know, watch your team that you like. And the NFL, oh. NFL really has it backwards because NFL has, um I can't remember what they call it. But they have um this service where if you're outside of the U.S., it's called NFL Sunday yeah. something. But it's uh-huh. not Sunday Ticket. It's something that's exclusively to streaming. And if you if you subscribe to it in the U.S., um all you get is you get uh after the game airs you can watch the full game, and you know you don't get any live video at all. It's just after the game. Hmm, that's you um you get to watch you can watch all the games you know like I think it's called like I can't remember what it's called but anyway if you subscribe to the same service outside of the United States you can pay a hundred dollars and watch all sixteen of your team's games oh wow that's and, that's cool like that's something that you know if they offer that in the United States they would make so much money yeah but I think ESPN the reason would that, be mad <laughs> yeah I, th- I think they would be hesitant to do that because they would kill all of their big TV contracts that they have with all these, you know, like I can't remember how many millions of dollars NBC paid to get Thursday night and Sunday night football. Yeah. But yeah, they would just completely, you know, piss off all of those people, like all of those companies that spent all this money for sponsorships and stuff. But you know, the fans would win. We'd love that. Yeah. And and just to piggyback off of that, I mean, you know, there's wrestling too, if you consider that a sport, (laughs) but, uh, my co-hosts are discussing who Kyle Jones, he loves wrestling and, and he subscribes to the, uh, the, the wrestling network package. I forgot what it's called, but I think it's like nine, nine, nine a month, but you get like all the pay-per-views and stuff that normally costs like $45. You get that, you get that with the subscription. So, oh, you know, wow. You know, I really think like wrestling and like you said, the MLB network are kind of leading the forefront on the, the sports part of things. And, you know, hopefully the other properties will catch up. NFL Game Pass is what it's called. <laughs> but cool yeah, beans. like I, I, I'm, I'm all about some streaming sports like that. To me, that's the, the holy grail of, <laughs> of, um, of, yeah, sports, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, MLB TV, single team. You can watch a single team's out of market regular season games live in full HD. It's $87 a year, which to me is like, that's, that's a bargain in yeah. my opinion. Like, yeah. who, if you're a hardcore fan of a team, who wouldn't pay 80, 90 bucks or a hundred bucks a year to watch all your team's games that don't, you know, that don't air on TV? Like that, that's amazing. I don't know why they don't do that. <laughs> Like you know, why, why did it feel an NBA doesn't do that? I mean, especially if you have that pristine, crisp Google Fiber running through your conduits and <laughs> in, in your in your house, uh, it has to be great streaming experience, right? About that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess before we get into what we're playing, 
Um, I'll have a, a little aside. Uh, I do not have Google Fiber anymore. What? Yeah, How so, is that so? <laughs> so I guess, I guess I'll preface this by saying Google Fiber Internet is excellent. Um, I always got the rate of speed, um, never below like 950, 950 megabits a second. Like never below that. It, it was pretty consistent. However, their TV service left much to be desired. Um, their, hmm. their DVR is not very intuitive. The hardware overheats. Like it's, it's like high. What? It's hot. Like their boxes run so hot. It's not even funny. There's no fan. There's no ventilation or anything. And it, it's just a little heater. Is it, it like a third party box or is it their own hardware? Well, I'm sure it's third party because I mean, but like windstream I, or something. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's third party, but it's just not very good. And oh. like we were having so many problems with our DVR, like our shows wouldn't be showing up and, uh, the wireless, the wireless SSIDs would just disappear in like, wow. I, like the past like two really the past month that we had google fiber like i was having to restart the box at least once a day because like i said the dvr shows would disappear or the wireless access ssids would just disappear and and they raised their prices they raised their tv prices too so i was like i'm gonna look for something else for us and uh apparently uh at&t fiber has really been trying to like get in where google is so yeah. um we got a package where it's we get AT&T fiber the same gig connection and we get Uverse TV um it's more channels than what we had at Google Fiber and um it was cheaper actually What? It was cheaper by like 10 20 bucks. So awesome. What awesome. we ended up doing was um we changed and um the guy came. Oh, that was another thing about Google like you have to schedule like 2 weeks out to get installation. So the week before we moved I, I, you know, I, I guess I purchased or whatever you want to call it. I subscribed to U, Uverse and AT&T Fiber. And the very next week, the day we moved, I was able to schedule an appointment for that day. And then like 1 p.m., the guy shows up and does everything. Um, we have two wireless boxes, which are Cisco boxes. And then I think our other boxes are Aris. Mm-hmm. Like our, our main DVR box is the Aris box. Our modem is the Aris modem. Um, and you know, I've read online that, you know, people have had problems with it, but <clears throat> so far, I mean, everything's great. The wireless boxes work great. Um, and there are no coaxial cables in our, in our apartment <laughs> at all anymore. Like every, awesome. every, every, all the boxes are hooked up, hooked up by Ethernet. Like I was talking to the guy and I was like, well, I'll kind of want the modem on my desk because, um, I want the gigabit connection. And he was like, well, um, if you want, what I can do is I normally put the box in the closet, but what I can do is I can give you a gig port to your Ethernet port by your desk, so you can just plug in and get the gigabit. And I was like, okay, that works. So do you, you do you have giggy run, run through your apartment? Pretty much, yeah. Um, oh wow! They, they have like the when they built this apartment, they ran gig they ran giggy and they ran coax, and Google was using the coax. I mean, the only giggy connection was the one to the actual. Um, router slash wireless access, whatever thing, DVR thing. This is just like mm-hmm. this big box. It does all of it. And, um, the guy, like I said, he threw it in the closet and actually all of the ethernet ports are gig ethernet. So, oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's really cool. Um, and I, I did some speed tests 
And I will say that it's not quite as fast as the Google Fiber, but when you balance out the, the fact that their television service is like way better, they actually have like good boxes and <laughs> that, that actually have ventilation and fans and they don't overheat. And, you know, we haven't really had any problems. The channel switch instantly, which they didn't do for Google Fiber. Wow. Um, it, it's just such a better experience. And like I said, the internet really isn't quite as fast. It's still fast. Like I think the lowest I saw was like 840 megabits, which is still ridiculously fast. Um, so I'll take a little hit there. You know, I've, it's been as fast as like, I've had to upload over a gig here when I was doing some tests. So it fluctuates a little more, but when you take into account the, the, the television experience, which is like way, way, way better, the DVR just, it just works. So, it just works so much better than the Google one that like, I, I do not regret the decision of switching at all. <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And, you know, a lot of people write AT&T off, but I'm telling you, Google accomplished their, their purpose. Like, their purpose with Google Fiber was not to take over the world, you know, despite what some people may think. Their purpose was to, you know, get better value and, and more sane pricing for Internet service in America. And, I mean, even if they never lay another fiber cable, they've already done that, you know, so... I feel like they've accomplished their goal and I've even heard talk of them even selling off the, the fiber division because they've already stopped deploying, um, new fiber hoods, I guess. So I think they're going to switch to wireless. Yeah. Which, which is, 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 is a good move. I think like I'm, I'm glad that things are changing because dude, like we were paying back in the day, we were paying what 20 meg, 80 bucks a month for like 20 meg or something. Yeah. Like, like now Google offers five meg internet for free. Like that's not even considered broadband anymore. I, I think the government by the government standard has to be at least 20 megabits down to be considered broadband. So times have changed, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the people that have choice, I mean, you are actually in a, in a good position for us that don't have as much choice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's speeds are still getting faster, but I don't know if prices are dropping any but as long as i get a quality bandwidth for what i do pay that's about yeah. all you can ask for especially in a market where you don't have choices and yeah let me let me qualify all this by just saying that nobody at this point nobody unless you're doing like some mad piracy nobody like needs a gig it's like severe overkill like i could have a hundred meg connection and be completely happy but it's just nice to you know, if you have a lot of devices and stuff, it, 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 it's great, but I don't think it's something that's really necessary, but it's nice to see that the United States kind of catching up with the rest of the world, I guess. Definitely. Definitely, man. So, uh, yeah, um, we want to go in and talk about what we're playing. Ah, uh, yes, let's do it. So, man, after that conversation we had with Carl last week, uh, <laughs> you should check out that episode. It's pretty funny. Uh, man, we, uh, just kind of caught the Street Fighter bug, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And luckily, Green Man Gaming had a little deal for us. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So we yeah. got it installed up and running and, and we went at it for a bit, didn't we? Yeah. So, yeah, Green Man Gaming had Street Fighter 5 on sale for $31, which is awesome. It's like almost half price. So, still. Oh, it's still, it's still 31. No, I was it a still, my bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a still. Um, so yeah, we, um, jumped on and you know, we're talking trash and everything like it was what 1995 and we had playing Street Fighter Alpha 2 
Yeah, man. Back home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, any, Of course, if you're a Street Fighter fan, you probably already have it. But I will say I don't like some of the changes with how they, um, especially in the case of Charlie, they change the buttons up the, the, how they used to be. Oh, my God. Charlie is so cheap, dude. They need, man, to pa- they need to patch him, dude. He is so overpowered. Man, I, I don't. See, that no. Move, that dude, move, what you were doing with me with Ken, move, dude. Ken is overpowered. That, that move has no weakness, man. How can you do an overhead an overhead drop Sweet kick, kick. land on it. one leg, and not be wide open when you land? Like, how does that work? That's just, it's just not right. It's the mask, man. It's the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he sewed a, a iron foot or something into his... <laughs> But 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 yeah, man, it's 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 a wonderful game to play. Like I said, I don't know how, how I feel about the changes to the move sets. It's like they pretty much gave everybody with the with a select few exceptions. Yeah, Zangief's the same. Like, moves. Yeah, I played with Zangief. I played through his story, which is only like three fights. But his three sixty moves are they're the same. So they didn't really mess with him a whole lot. But yeah, oh, Charlie, really? Charlie Nash is like completely different. Yeah, and then my Psycho Crusher is gone, unless you do it as a special for M. Bison. So he's not as brutal as he used to be, because I used to be a beast with some Bison, man. But anyway. It's just, my my question is, because Charlie's Super was kind of like um Akuma's. So I'll be interesting, it'd be interested to see, like, once I unlock Akuma, how his moveset has changed, which I guess I could just look it up. Yeah. But. I mean, even for, even for Charlie, you don't do the, uh, you don't do the Sonic Boom, like, back, back, forward. You do, I mean, like, hold back, forward. You do it by doing, like, Ryu's a Duokin move. So, I don't... Are you I sure? Like, I played with Charlie, and I still had to hold back for two seconds and press forward. Really? Yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure as much as I played with him. Because I play with, I play with Chun-Li, and, like, her moves were the same way. Her, her fireball was you had to hold back for two seconds, hit forward, and then hit attack. Like, uh, so, I don't, that's weird. I Okay, we will investigate this. Maybe I think it's a it was just a super, right? No, I'm pretty sure, man. I'm pretty sure you do it like a Ryu Duken. Uh, we'll, we'll look at the settings to be sure. It may be something on my end that's causing that. So if I'm totally wrong, we'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll eat crow on this one. But yeah, I, I don't know. I played one for a good ten rounds. So um. yeah, Nash Street Fighter. Yeah, you're right. Special oh, it's special move Sonic Boom. Yeah, it's just oh yeah. Well, that's weird because I was doing it the other way. That's so mm. weird. Yeah, if we if somebody knows a way to get those classic moves back, let me know, please. Well, yeah, that's that's so weird because Chun Li isn't like that. Yeah, they just chose select characters to do it, and maybe guess, they, and maybe they're saving it for when they bring Gal back. They'll give Gal the original moves. Well, they well might Gal's in Street Fighter Five, so you have, now, to, you have to unlock him. So maybe okay, his, okay. maybe his are like the the classic ones. That that may be. Have you unlocked Gal yet? I have not, but okay. let's see. I can click his move. Yeah, his is the classic son and boom, hold back and then forward. Punch. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, his is and his Sonic Hurricane hold back, forward back, forward punch. Yeah, his his moves were the same. Yeah, so maybe they're just trying to draw a distinction there. Yeah, but in like, any case, okay. I'm sorry. I was gonna say if his somersault kick hold down for two seconds up and kick. So yeah, uh, I think they're just trying to differentiate them like they did Ryu and Ken. Like even though their moves were the same, sort of like Ken's like animations are so different than Ryu's now. Like they're. He like does his upper, like he does a knee upper into his um hurricane kick, 
Yeah, uh-huh. So it's like so different than Man, and, and ooh, I got a problem with the hurricane kick too. Like before you didn't go all the way across the screen with it. Now when he does it, he goes completely across the screen. It's almost impossible to catch him when he comes down. It ticks me off. <laughs> well the thing is, you know, like they had already started, you know, making Ken like a like a kick specialist and Ryu was more like a a fireball punch specialist. Like they had already started doing that in the alpha games, but now like yeah, they're not even like they're not even close to play. They don't even really play the same at all, even though they have kind of the same base moves. Yeah, like, agreed. And I finally got the non weird looking Ken. I unlocked it his costume, <laughs> hair, son. <laughs> so he has the alpha hair now, and yeah, I can actually stand to play with him. Yeah, I don't know why they went ultra anime with Ken. This is weird, and that's not <laughs> even anime. I don't know what that is. This is just, oh know. man. So, man, have you been playing anything else? Yeah, I have, actually. Um, So, I think it was, like, the holiday Steam sale or something. I bought Grand Theft Auto 5 for, like, 30 bucks, and it's just been sitting in my my Steam library. I never even touched it, but my nephews are always playing Grand Theft Auto. Like, we try to play, we were trying to play the crew with them, and they would always be on Grand Theft Auto 5, and I'm like, what's so great about this game? So, I finally loaded it up and started playing it, and, dude, like, I... I've never really been big in a Grand Theft Auto before. Like, I even bought five, like, for Xbox 360, I believe, like, way, way back, a couple, like, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of played it a little bit, but they were dropping so many, like, curse words that I was just like, I can't play this because we had my nephew and niece, and I was like, I can't play this. So I just stopped playing it. And I started back with headphones. (laughs) I started back playing it, and, um... You know, I just, I never really got into the Grand Theft Auto games, so I can't really speak to the other ones. I just know Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City, I would just run around and steal cards and stuff. I never really tried to play the story. And then I bought Grand Theft Auto 4, and I played like the first four or five hours of it, and I was just driving people around. Yeah. And I got tired of that, so I was like, man, I don't want, and then that's why I stopped playing 4, is because they just had me driving people around, I got sick of it. So, I say that to say that with 5, you know, it starts off with a bang. You're like in this heist and, you know, I didn't really look, I played through the heist a couple of years ago and I didn't really realize that that would be like a kind of a huge mechanic of the game where, you know, you would get to do these heists where you go plan the heist. You like have to get certain items. So just for example, there's one where you rob a bank, not a bank, hmm. you, you rob a jewelry store in spoiler alert and you have to get like a gas mat you have to get gas to like if you decide you're not going to just bust in your guns a blazing you have to like get some sleeping gas and you have to find like a truck like is it a truck you have to find yeah you have to find like a, a truck so you can go up to the so you can go up to the jewelry store and act like you're you're fumigating or something or your pest control and mm-hmm. it's just like you do these you know they kind of plan it out and then you pick the people you want to go on the heist with and then it kind of plays out and it's just i don't know you get kind of like this rush from it it's really really cool and then now is that single player or multiplayer this is single player but um in the multiplayer which i haven't played a heist in multiplayer yet but you also get to do the same thing in multiplayer where you you know you and your friends you go on the heist and you rob a bank or you steal a submarine or whatever you know you there are different type things you can do but um and and you can get like a lot of money from it too and i it's just really in the story so the basically you know with the other grand theft auto games there's usually like one main character 
and you kind of play through the story. But with this game, there's three main characters. There's Michael, there's Franklin, and I think the other, what's the other guy's name? I want to say it's Lester, but I think Lester's the guy that actually plans out the missions and stuff. So I, I don't think his name's Lester. His name escapes me at the moment. But anyway, so you start out in like these three different, completely different places and then like you play through the story and as you play through the story you kind of switch around and then there's a certain point in the story point in the story where like all three of the characters kind of like cross paths together uh-huh. and um and at that point you kind of get to switch between them and, and play through the story and it's it's really interesting it's something I've never really experienced in a game before and it's 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 really really cool like I've never I never heard anybody talk about that when it when it came to the to the game so it's not something that I really knew about but um it's actually got a really great story and the character interaction and everything like some of the characters have prior history with each other and you know it's really really it's really really cool franklin's kind of like this dude from the hood and he's just trying you know he's he's on the come up he's trying to make it and you know he kind of cross paths with like this guy that robs banks and stuff for a living but he's kind of out of the game so um Franklin helps him with some stuff and then he ends up getting back in the game and then he's like, he kind of like takes Franklin under his wing and then they start doing heist and stuff. It's just, it's, it's just really cool. Like I, I highly hmm. recommend this game. It's, <laughs> it's so addicting. You know, it's oh, got that, man. it's got that Grand Theft Auto. Like if you've ever played a Grand Theft Auto game, you know, where you, like that, that part is still there, the fun part. But to me, the story is what's got me playing this game so much. And then when the story's over, I'm just gonna run around doing heists and stuff, but it's, man, you're gonna make me buy this. And man. there's a stock market too. So, oh, let me tell you about this. So, there's a stock market, and you have all these different companies in the stock market. And basically, um, Lester, who is kind of like a kind of like a mastermind character, he sends you like he sends Franklin on like these different assassination missions or whatever. And what you can do is he tells you like the the company that you're going after, and then he'll tell you like what company will benefit from this person dying. So what you do is you go buy a bunch of stock of the company that's going to benefit before you, <laughs> like oh, before you kill a person. So, so you kill them, <laughs> then the stock goes up and you make a bunch of money. Oh and it's, man. I mean, there's just, like, there's just like all these different things going on. And there's like a, um, a Facebook analog called life hack, life hack, like, was it life hacker? Uh-huh. I think life hacker is the name of it. But you know they 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 lampoon Facebook, they lampoon um reality TV. No, it's not Life Hacker. It's Life. Uh, what is it called? It's something crazy. And where is this game oh, no, actually based at? Uh, it's um, what is it? Los it? Santos. So Los it's San, San Andreas. Lo- it's Vinewood, and there's like one other um. So they're pretty much copping Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that whole thing. So you have, yes, Los Santos, San Andreas, yeah. It's kind of like that area in California. Life Invader, that's what it's called. Life Invader. But, um, yeah, there's this, there's this, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like this really, really funny part where, where like you, like Lester kind of has you doing all this different stuff and then, you kind of watch something on TV and you're like, Oh my God, did I just do that? <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome, dude. Like, like, like I said, I've never been in the Grand Theft Auto games and I'm like, I want to finish this and, you know, play some more and get online. 
and yeah, I'm debating whether to get it on 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 PC or go ahead and just get on Xbox so we can play with the nephews. Yeah, it's only thing about the PC version I would say is it's sixty bucks right now. I would more than guarantee you that when Steam has their summer sale in a month. They usually have it in June, right? So, like, when they have their summer sale in a month, it's probably going to go on sale for 30 bucks because that's when I bought it. But, you know, it, it, I would, I would, I would have happily paid $60 for this game if I would have known it was going to be as fun as I'm having with it. Like, if I knew I was going to have this much fun for it, I would have paid 60 but I would wait for a Steam sale. But I I am tempted to get it on Xbox too because I want to do some heist with our nephews. So, yeah, that should be (laughs) fun. Highly recommended. Oh yeah. So uh yeah, I guess moving on to our next uh little what we're playing topic. Uh yeah, uh, there's this thing called C C M U C E M U. Uh yeah. which which is a um what uh Wii U emulator. Yeah, it's a Wii em- Wii U emulator and it I mean it's funny because like this time last year people were saying like there's no way that there'll be a wii u emulator anytime soon because it usually takes a while for them yeah. to come out but um basically what happens is they they've made like huge strides in the past past year and um mm-hmm. yeah breath of the wild is actually running in this emulator and it's it's running pretty well <laughs> which it's is playable surprising um so, you know, we, we don't want to break any laws here. So if you're interested in doing this, I would suggest you purchase a copy of the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild. And yes, um, there are tutorials me. on how to dump that to a playable format for CMU. And, um, once you do that, uh, it's all, it's all like Donkey Kong, man. It, 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 it I, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded that it works and you can run the game in 4K. Like I have now, a 4 I have 1440p monitor, so I'm running in 1440p, but it works, man. It works. Now, I know you, I know you mentioned the, the frame rate. Now, if you, if you, uh, rank, rack that, uh, take that down to a lower, lower frame, uh, lower, um, screen size, will it increase the frame rate much? Well, see, or? that's the thing. This game is so CPU heavy that I, like, from what I've read, there's really no difference in frame performance between, like, 4K and 1080p, but simply because it's so CPU bound and CPU heavy. Uh-huh. Uh, so like, that's what I've read anyway. I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but, um, it's very, very dependent on the CPU. Um, you have a lot of sh- like, basically what you can do is you can download these shader packs cause your, your CPU has to do all these computations to like, for like shaders on the game because I guess cause they don't have hardware shaders, which mm-hmm. makes no sense to me, but you can download shader packs um from the internet and like it's supposed to increase your frame rate like i've I've had people who have my level of hardware that are getting solid 30 frames a second on the game so i feel like i need to just optimize optimize my setup a little more and once i do that then you know i'll be able to get more frames but um i'm really excited about maybe playing through the game yeah, I definitely need to go pick up my copy of uh of uh, Breath of the Wild and get this up yeah, and running. It'll be a lot easier to find than a, a Switch. Or, <laughs> or even a Wii U at this point. I mean, before before the Switch came out, like I was easily seeing Wii U's for like hundred bucks, but now people are selling them for like two fifty. Oh, and I'm like I'm like at that point I could just buy a Switch. Like that makes no sense. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, if you're feeling froggy, man, check it out. It's definitely interesting and something if you like tinkering. 
it's there, there'll be plenty of tinkering to do on that. So check it out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so what's powerless? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk some TV, man. So um Powerless is a DC <laughs> show that is basically a superhero comedy show. Um it's not actually surrounding around superheroes, but uh Bruce Wayne's cousin, I can't remember his name for some reason right now, but Bruce Wayne's cousin runs cousin runs this company that creates um different devices that protect people from the fallout of what happens when superheroes do their thing and villains do their thing. So, um, it's a comedy. It's really, really funny. If you're into DC, I suggest you check it out. I didn't think I would like it, but it is really, uh, turned out to be a really, really, really funny show that sits alongside, uh, <laughs> the DC properties. And, you know, they make all kind of references. And, um, actually, Bruce Wayne's cousin is Alan Tudyk, um, from, from Firefly. Yeah, watch from Firefly. <laughs> now and, you so you had me a watch. I'm I'm yeah. I gotta watch it now. He's really funny. Uh the main girl character is actually uh the girl that's on high school musical, uh I think. Though I've never actually seen any of those movies, but that's what she was on. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens? Yes, her. Okay. Yes. So yeah, I mean it is a comedy. It's not Again, it's not them actually doing any superhero type things, but they're making these products that kind of protect people from the fallout. And it's really funny. It's really funny. I think anybody who's interested in comics should check it out or superheroes in the DC universe. They do a lot of things that reference superheroes or reference Batman or Superman or Aquaman, but it's, it's a comedy. Just trust me. It's really funny. If you watch the first episode and don't like it, uh, you know, uh, good, good, you know, good on you for watching the rest is not your thing. But I think if you watch the first one, you'll be hooked. Now, unfortunately, uh, I will caveat that with, I think the show has been canceled. What? <laughs> that, but yes, I think it's been canceled. But that being said, you can watch all the episodes and you know, it's a comedy. So it's not like this is this through line of going through each episode to where you're going to, you know, you're going to miss a story if they stop showing the next episode. So I would, I would still suggest checking it out, even though it's not going to be, uh, going to come next year unless they make some type of changes. But yeah, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny. Just trust me on this. Watch it. <laughs> cool. I'm going to check that out. I, now that you mentioned it, I, I think I did see a trailer for it. Now that you mention it, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna check that out. So, cool. And what else you been watching, my friend? Yeah, I guess I'll talk again. This will be really brief. And uh, of course, I mentioned that I went to Hulana, and they had a panel of uh, DC, uh, DCU versus MCU, and you know they're talking about the the uh, the lacking side of DC versus the the awesome things Marvel has been doing. Uh, you know, Batman v Superman done a boredom. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I want to say, man, people should really give Man of Steel a fair shake. You know, we talked about the first three, um, the three big DC movies, Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman and, um, uh, Suicide Squad. You know, they're not the best movie. Those last two are not the best movies, but I really think Man of Steel was a really, really good movie and people tend to not give it a fair shake. Uh, if you watch the movie, I won't go into details, but there's this thing with Zod that comic book purists hate. 
and uh basically uh metropolis gets um pretty much demolished to to hades and that's another thing people had issues with but i i i I would tell anyone to just watch man of steel give it a fair shake i watched it on tv it recently came on again on like tbs or something and yeah man i would just say um if you like superman watch this movie if you haven't seen it it's a good movie and it, beside, uh, forgetting what happens later with, with, uh, Batman v Superman and, uh, Suicide Squad, which again, I thought, Suicide Squad, I thought was okay, but you know, it wasn't great. Um, yeah, I, I hope that DC can write the ship. And yeah, I said, just at least give that movie a try. And, and going forward, maybe with Wonder Woman, we'll get another decent DC movie. And later, Justice League that comes out around, uh, August, I believe. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, just to piggyback off what you were saying, <clears throat> when Man of Steel came out, a lot of people had a lot of hate for it, but honestly, I'm not a hardcore DC person, and that's really the only DC movie that I've actually enjoyed, like, ever, I think, unless I'm missing something. Well, uh, oh, besides, Batman the, besides the Batman ones, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it, especially the ending sequence with all the fighting and stuff. I think, you know, despite all the stuff that Marvel does and their stuff is great and it's not because of their, the fighting. It's because of like the story and the characters interaction, you know, and the fact that they don't take themselves too seriously. But as far as like straight up action, I thought the end of Man of Steel was wonderful and like one of the best ac- action sequences I've seen in a superhero movie. You know, the destruction was a little excessive and the sheer <laughs> disregard for human life. But as far as like yeah. the. The action and even the story, you know, I, as far as origin stories go, I think they did a really good job with it. I, 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 it was a lot better than the Brandon Lee. Was it Brandon Roth? Was yeah. Uh, oh, that was horrible. It was a lot better than that one. Yeah. You know, even though I like Kevin Spacey, that movie was garbage. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I really liked Man of Steel, honestly. So it, it makes me sad that. Batman v Superman wasn't any good, and I still have no intention of watching that or this over serious Ray Lewis esque um, Wonder Woman movie. It's like, <laughs> like that that Wonder Woman is so overly serious, like it's kind of over the top. I are mean, you talking about it as far as the trailers are looking? Yeah, it's like borderline campy how serious it is. It's like, I mean, it's like, dude, you're a superhero. Like, come on. Well, well, I think that's, that's, that's part of the problem. And I've talked to Cal about this before. Like any Marvel makes movies and put superheroes in them. You know, they don't try to make a superhero movie. At yeah. least it doesn't seem like it. They can make a movie that's a comedy. Yeah. Uh, 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 Ant-Man movie. is a perfect example. Like yes. that is not a superhero movie at all. <laughs> yes. And you know, they, t- they make a movie that is heartfelt and that has laughter, but is also has a lot of action and can be serious. So, you know, I'm hoping Wonder Woman is good. Uh, from the trailers, it looks like it might be okay, but you know, I'm not inspired with confidence. And plus they haven't been doing a lot of advertising considering that it comes out pretty soon here. Uh, yeah, but it's you, just like, have you ever, is like, the, like, it's just funny. Like, have you ever seen Ray Lewis talk before a football game? And it's like, dude, you're playing football, man. Come on. Like, why? <laughs> you, you act like you're about to storm Normandy Beach or something. Like, come on. And like, that's how I feel about this movie. It's just like, what? It's the, it, it's just way too serious. Way I mean, it, it, well, yeah, too I, I, serious. I, I mean, I think they, they tried to, I mean, people mentioned this in the panel I was speaking of. They were talking about how Batman was dark, which to me, Batman was dark, but it wasn't overly brooding. But Dude, it was, the darkest Batman movie, The Dark Knight. 
with 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 uh Heath Ledger's a Joker. That movie was that movie had funny parts in it. Like it was it wasn't just like just just straight darkness. Like there yeah. were there was some funny, like genuinely intentionally by the director, funny parts in that movie. Like yeah. when he blows up the when the Joker blows up the hospital and he's leaving in like a, a hospital like nursing gown. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like it, even with that movie, even though it was super super dark, there was still some c- comedic relief. Is I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean you're right, and I think the biggest problem that nobody in that panel mentioned, I raised my hand, but they didn't call on me. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think it's Zack Snyder. Um, if any anybody who thinks that Zack Snyder is not the problem, go and look at Watchmen, and then go look at the bat, the all the DC movies that have come out so far. Is yeah. he just he's just he he's he makes brooding movies, he makes very cinematic movies, but Watchmen is just the precursor of what we have already dark. Right. Man of Steel is the only movie he's directed that I actually enjoy. And like, I actually like The Watchmen. Like, I like the comic. It's great. And some of the parts he nailed, but it just doesn't have a soul. You know, it's like, you know, if, if you were checking, checking boxes off, like he nailed The Watchmen, but it just, to me, it just doesn't have any soul, man. Oh man. What's that one scene you were telling me about? Do it. Do it. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta drop that in the show. <laughs> Cause yeah, when um when Rorschach's gonna tell everybody that um the is it the Joker? Like the guy that killed the Joker, um he got killed by one of the superheroes because he like was gonna start this war to like unite the world or something and he like created this fake alien or something. I can't remember, it's been so long, but he created like this fake alien invasion to like unite the world as one and Rorschach like is like um no, I'm going to tell everybody what happened. And then, uh, what is his name? The, the blue the, guy. Yeah. The blue guy with the <laughs> blue wiener. I, I can't remember name? his name. I wasn't a Watchmen fan. But. Dr. Manhattan. That's yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. He's yeah. like, he stops him and he's like, like, but seriously, like look at the comic panel and then like watch that scene. I mean, they nailed the scene, but it's just like that movie just, it just, to me, it just has no soul. And the, the soundtrack choices were horrible. Like, I think the main problem I have with that movie is the soundtrack. It's terrible. Yeah, which is, again, it's still funny because it seems like Snyder is such a comic book person off the, you know, at first glance. But man, he just is kind of failing to capture what makes movies fun. And it's just kind of disappointing. I mean, Ben F, like, he, he saw the writing on the wall. He dropped out of the directing the Batman movie. Is he, is he even going to be Batman again? Uh, a rumor came out that Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. <laughs> I'm dying laughing. It like it tanked his career, dude. He was killing it. He had what? Yeah. Um, what was the movie? Uh, the Town yeah. and um, Far- uh, Argo. Far- Argo, not Fargo. I mean, but, like he was killing it, like as a director and an actor. And then he did Batman, and now oh, his career's man. in a crapper. And then like, he had that movie with uh, Doogie Howser in it too. Didn't he write do that movie? He was in that movie. What movie? With, the movie with Doogie yeah. Howser and the woman, the wife. That oh, was, uh, Gone Girl. Yes. Yeah, Gone Girl. Gone yeah. Girl was, it was a great movie, and it's the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Man, it, I, 
it took some years to come back from uh, Daredevil, <laughs> and now this it's like it's like like I don't even feel bad for him because it's like you did Daredevil, you did Jiggly, and then you pulled your career out of the pit. <laughs> <laughs> that the the, the the crapper, and then you just went and put, you just jumped back over the edge again with Batman. It's like, do you really want to be a superhero that bad? Oh man, like, I, I don't get that appeal. Like, I don't, you know. Like, mm. I, I'm not gonna lie though. If somebody asked me to be Black Panther, I'd be like, <laughs> sign me up. But then again, you know, I'm not an actor, so mm. it's like oh, once you man. start doing movies like that, it's just kind of hard to do anything else. It's them dollars, man. Them dollars. Yeah, which I, I will say Robert Downey, like to me, Robert Downey Jr. is one of the greatest actors of all time. And the only reason I say this is because he revived his career with um, Iron Man. And then the same summer, like he had enough um, uh, swag or nads or whatever you want to call it to do the Tropic Thunder thing where he was playing a white guy pretending to be a black guy. And it was hilarious. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't offended at all. Like, he did a great job. Like, if you watch him in Iron Man and watch him in some of his earlier movies and then see that, like, he should have got an Oscar for that. Like, I think he was he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. But I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember. Who, I can't remember who won, but he got chipped. Oh, I love do that you, movie, man. Do you think we'll ever have another another uh, Tropic Thunder sequel or something? Man, or I wish. For 400 years. That worked. It's kept us down. Took a whole lot of time just to get up that hill. Now we up in the big leagues. Kidding, I'll turn it back. Long as it lives, it's you and me, baby. <laughs> That's the theme song for the Jeffersons. You really need help. And just because the theme song don't make it not true. That was that that this one movie I watched where man, like seriously, I laughed the entire time. The first time I saw Tropic Thunder was with Andy and we laughed the whole time and I had no idea that that was Tom Cruise until I saw his name in the credits. Like I had no idea. Oh yeah. That that was great. That was great, man. I love that like movie. Tom Cruise's best performance. And then like Downey Jr. Dude, there's so many, there's just like so many, um, there's so many, um, like just quotes. And there's, there's this part where they're all sitting around a campfire and one of the guys is talking about reading a script and like, I don't know, maybe you can find that clip in, well, it's got cursing in it, but like, there's this part where he's like, he gets real serious and he's like, just spit it out what are you trying to say? And then like, he, he, he's like visibly about to bust out laughing and he starts smiling and it looks like this crazy smiling and it just clicks and he goes back into character and then his face like frowns up again. It's <laughs> like, it's so funny. Like you could tell they had so much fun shooting that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That was a tangent. No, it was a good tangent. <laughs> and funny. Yeah. For 400 years, that word has kept us down. Took a whole lot of trying just to get up there. <laughs> now we're in the big leagues. <laughs> I love that movie, man. I love that movie. All right, cool. So let's talk about Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah, man. So, um... Breaking Bad is probably my favorite TV series of all time. Cause it's just one of those shows where you get to see this transformation, which it, it would never be possible in a movie, like ever. You see this slow, like gradual transformation of like this goofy chemistry teacher who doesn't know what he's doing. 
and then by the end of the series, he like turns into like this evil like kingpin type guy, and it's like, is this the same dude that like like had to take his pants off to cook meth in like the first season? Like, is this the same guy? You know, yeah, because he didn't yeah. want to because he didn't want to come home smelling like <laughs> drugs. He took his clothes off. Yeah, which which is so funny, man. I, I just thinking back, I think about the transition of Walter White, how he was from that first episode to the end, and then I think about Jesse Peekman, whose character barely changed throughout yeah. the series. You know, yeah, like I, I feel bad for Jesse. He was just like a victim of his surroundings and his circumstances. It's just like, oh yeah. man, it's so much, so much massive stuff happened to him in that series. Like, I really felt bad for him. So, but yeah, speaking we, of transformations, um, so in Breaking Bad, there's a character called Saul Gunman, and he was kind of like this sleazy, sleazeball lawyer guy. Yeah. Know, who had the, you know, the cheesy Richard Schwartz commercial. One call, that's all. Yeah, basically. I mean, I swear, like, when I saw, when I saw, like, Saul Gibbon in Breaking Bad, like, I instantly thought of Richard Schwartz, like, being in Mississippi, seeing his commercials, like, this is my wreck, and this is my chick. <laughs> Man, dude. One call, that's all. Dude, we gotta at some point get Mark on here and tell his story about how Richard Schwartz almost killed him. <laughs> Whoa, Mark, 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 um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Dice Junkie Mark. Dice Junkie Mark. Oh my God. Yeah, it is hilarious, man. It's a great, one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Oh man, yeah, I gotta hear that. But anyway, but, I mean, it derail us. But yeah, so like, uh, I don't know like how much you people may know about Better Call Saul, but basically at the end of Breaking Bad, um, every, the, the, the poop, so to speak, is hit the fan, and everybody's scrambling away, trying to, you know, take cover. And you know, there's this point in Breaking Bad where Jimmy's just like, or excuse me, not Jimmy, where Saul's like, "I'm out," you know, and he takes his money and he leaves, and he ends up like, at the end of Breaking Bad, he's like, "I'm gonna go work at a mall at a cinema or something." I don't know if they actually show him, but beginning of um better call Saul, they show him as the manager of the Cinnabon <laughs> and they show him like making cinnamon rolls and stuff and he spoke they, it into existence and then they like cut back to before breaking bad and that's kind of where we start you have saul goodman or the point is jimmy and um he has a brother named chuck and you know chuck kind of has always looked down on jimmy because yeah. he's, he's always been in trouble. He's kind of a kind man. And, um, he gets slipping slip Jimmy. So yeah, slipping Jimmy. And, um, <laughs> he, he gets arrested anyway and he gets out of jail and he pretty much turns his life around. He starts like actually doing the right thing. Um, he gets a, he, he passes the bar, you know, and he becomes a lawyer, but it's just like Chuck in his mind, like he can't see him as anything but a crook and he just can't help but look down on him. So it's just like, no matter what Jimmy does, Chuck like will never accept him as a lawyer because I guess he just doesn't think Jimmy's good enough to be a lawyer. Though, I mean, uh, can't we say maybe Chuck, as much as we hate Chuck and as much Chuck is an a-hole, 
maybe he isn't completely justified, unjustified in his uh, <laughs> in his thoughts of his brother. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah, he's always seen him as a as a con man, and you know he knows that you know he can't help himself, and he he bends the rules. But at the same time, the dude passed the bar. Like, you know, at some point you got to be like, okay, you know. And the other thing, the only reason I say this is because he genuinely. Like the first two seasons of this show, and like even now, he, he is he going tried. out of his way to try to do the right thing, and the world just keeps pooping on him, you know. So it's not like he, you know, woke up in bed one day and was like, "I think I'm going to be evil or I'm going to be a bad guy," you know. It's just though, though there was pretty pretty trifling. I mean, to get in some spoiler, maybe spoiler details if you haven't seen it, but this was last season, so it was kind of trifling how he changed the address. On that, uh, proceeding <laughs> that, that, that's uh, slipping Jimmy at his best. And I mean, uh, come on, come hand, on, though, man. come on, we, we, we love Jimmy, but let's just say Jimmy still does some slippery things, you know, uh, going to the airbase to shoot the commercial under false pretenses. <laughs> and, and, and he will, well, if well, there's a way to get around the law, he will take those things, but you know, I don't, think is out, out of a, bad yeah. intentions but that's put, just the way i see it, the way i see it is does he bend the rules a little bit yeah he does but like he yeah. doesn't really like hurt anybody like did he really hurt that air force guy by sliding in there and shooting <laughs> the you know like most like at this point most, most of the stuff he does is just like i don't want to say innocent because that's the wrong word but like they're kind of victimless crimes you know he's not really hurting anybody he's kind of getting over on people yeah but yeah i mean and, and even the switching the address thing the justification well, no. was that was they were getting over they uh were basically trying to push uh what's his friend girl's name i can't remember i can't remember name either but yeah they were trying to push her out of that country yeah yeah and, it, but but like that's that to me that's when he started becoming Saul is because but you know it's and it, and he didn't even with that he he did something like underhanded and he actually hurt his brother but he didn't do it for himself you know he he had good intentions even though he didn't do the right thing and, and, and I, I mean I, I think we could clearly say that Chuck has problems Mr. Mr. McGill has problems of his own as well <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the yeah, whole static shock, scared thing—it's really weird, really weird. But it's like it's like the the fact that he just—I I feel like in his heart he can never truly be proud of Jimmy because he, you know, no matter what happens, he's always going to see him as a screw up. Yeah, and, that's the heartbreaking part about it. And I feel like that he needs that to feel good about himself because Jimmy's so good with people. And he, he was even like, did you see the scenes from last, or maybe it was this, no, it was last season, where um he's sitting in, Jimmy's eating dinner with him and his wife, and like, yeah. he is like having such a good interaction with his, with, yeah. with Chuck's wife, and it's like way better interaction than Chuck ever has with her. So like, yeah. like actually, Chuck is jealous of Jimmy. Like, yeah. like and, and that's one of the things that, you know, that kind of permeated over the last season, the season two is that like deep down, even though Chuck looks down on Jimmy and Chuck thinks he's better than Jimmy, he's really jealous of Jimmy because Jimmy has everything that he will never have. And he has things that money can't buy, you know? And like, he's just, he's just jealous, you know? And I feel like a lot of his actions are based off of that. 
What do you think of uh, of um, of him pulling the ultimate con over on Jimmy by pretending to be uh, sick and shed in after his episode he had at the copier place and, and kind of uh, letting that long con continue until he got Jimmy to say the words that he wanted him to <clears throat> on tape? Well, the thing is, like, even with the thing that Jimmy did to Chuck, he even came clean about it. You know, he told him about it. Yeah. And because he felt bad, you know, he has a conscience, you know, so he felt bad about it. And like, even after that, when Chuck, like, like, um, makes the assistant guy go back to Jimmy. Oh, that was so foul. It tricks him into coming into the, you know, even with that, like, I feel like even though Chuck was, was wrong for that, he kind of wasn't because Jimmy really, really made him look like an idiot. (laughs) So like. (laughs) He kind of had it coming, I guess. But like, like okay, so once that happened, it was over and done with. And then, then Chuck goes out of his way to like strip Jimmy of his like he didn't want Jimmy to go to jail. He just doesn't yeah. want him to be a lawyer. So yeah. like, so yeah. once he gets an opportunity to, once he gets an opportunity to strip him of the lawyer credentials, like that's all he wants. And like that was made painfully obvious. And that's when I was like, man, truck, you're, you're terrible, man. Yeah. A supreme a-hole, man. That, he's that like, this up, is man. all I have to make me feel like I'm better than, than Jimmy. If he's a lawyer like me, then like I got nothing, you know, like that's how I feel like he, he thinks in his head, even though, you know, he may have other, mo- other motivations. I feel like the main one is that, this is his one thing that he has that Jimmy can't touch. And as soon as he became a lawyer, it was like, you know, he starts questioning himself. He's like, I'm some shut in. that's afraid of electricity. You know, like <laughs> now, now, now my brother's a lawyer just like me. It's like, ugh. he just couldn't stand it. I yeah, hate Kim, Kim. Kim is a girl's name, by the way. I don't know. I wouldn't. Didn't yeah. Kim. But it's like, it's like, man, I, I it's just one of those things where, he he just I I understand even now like why he is the way he is in Breaking Bad. It's just like he's had so much poop just thrown on top of him for trying to do the right thing. He's like, well, if I'm gonna get screwed over anyway, I might as well just do things the way I think they need to be done, and you know, not have a conscience about it. And and yeah. it make it makes sense, you know, like. What is it? The road road to ruin is paved with good intentions, or something like that. <laughs> it's like yeah. you, I don't know. I don't know how many people would have been like, "I'm making boatloads of money at Mesa Verde." Like, I'm making boatloads of money. I hate this job, but it, you know, it's not really what I want to do. So I'm gonna quit. Give up. You know, give back my Mercedes Benz. And you know, he was just true to himself. I mean, you can't really fault him for that. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and him and Kim are a wonderful team, and I'm almost reluctant. Well, I don't want to see what happens to them because they make such a good team. And then in the last season, we see how, you know, Jimmy kind of does his con at this hotel where they were like, uh, talking to somebody. They, he just went up and did a con. <laughs> and he eventually got Kim on board, and it was so yeah, awesome. It was, and, it was good. And I love their camaraderie, and, I'm just, you know, dreading the day, you know, I'm we're obviously going to see in upcoming episodes, maybe two or three seasons from now, where they eventually have their falling out. It's just, I, they just formed a bond that's so awesome. And man, I don't want to see that go away. Yeah. 
Um, that may be the thing that eventually, you know, right now I feel like, um, Kim's the only person that's keeping him from going completely, uh, Saul Goodman. And like once, once she's out of the picture is probably when he's just going to completely turn. (laughs) So do we want to talk real quick about the happenings of, uh, 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 one Mr. Urban Trout? Oh yes, definitely. (laughs) My favorite character in the entire Breaking Bad, um, universe has surfaced this season, Mr. Gustavo Fring. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Also known uh, as one of the only black guys in this entire franchise. <laughs> so uh, we see where where Mike has a run in with Hector Salamana, Sal- Salamango and Sal- Salamanca, Salamanca, and you know this guy is kind of on his back, and I'm trying to remember why he why that kind of came about. Uh, my memory's kind of going away from me here, but anyway, he did. Uh, missed, he did something that that Mike really did not like. It, okay, it ha- yeah, it had to do with a deal going bad or something to that. So effect. basically, um, I think like he had a run in with one of his henchmen, and um, he did something Mike didn't taco? like. Yeah, and then like he did something that Mike didn't like. Um, and um. Basically, Mike hijacked one of his trucks, and um, and then what really made Mike upset was that the guy that found his driver, like, cause Mike 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 intentionally didn't kill his driver, but the guy that stopped on like the side of the road to help his driver that Mike had knocked out or whatever, like Hector killed him for like yes. no, for like no reason, and then that's when that's when Mike was like, this guy's going down. Of course, we all know why Gus doesn't like Hector. Um, <laughs> uh, from Breaking Bad, you remember the flashback where his partner, the other chicken brother? Yes. Did he kill? Um, he killed him? Yeah. In, he, in the pool? He killed him. There? Yeah. He killed his, his friend slash lover. I think it was like his lover or something. Cause, and the only reason like it was kind of confirmed is because, uh oh, <laughs> in the last episode where, um, you kind of see Gus kind of making leeways with the, with the cartel. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, what is the guy's name? Uh, what is his name? Uh, Don Eladio. Um, Don Eladio is talking to, um, Hector and Hector brings him like this bunch of like rolled up money that he got from his take. And then Gus sends his and it's like an all, you know, it's like crisp and like wrapped really, really neat and everything. And he sends him a Los Pollos Hermano shirt. And, um, Don Eladio's like the chicken brothers and Hector's like, <laughs> more like the butt brothers. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> so like, he's like, like that confirmed to me that, yeah, that Hector killed his, his lover, um, back in Breaking Bad, which was before this, but. You know, they go like uh, Gus and his his friend. They're like just coming to America to the to to the United States or whatever, and then they just visit Don Eladio to like give him tribute and like try to get in on his operation. And then Hector, like, yeah, he kills his boyfriend or whatever he is. I don't know what he is, but it's kind so, it's kind of hinted that they were like romantically involved, but it was never confirmed until. Hector so eloquently did in the last episode. So yeah, that that's a good explanation because I couldn't, I didn't know exactly why he didn't like him. I knew it was a run in from Breaking Bad that I didn't quite remember all details to. 
but but yeah so at the in the last season uh mike was fixing to take out hector and um i guess gus put uh did something to his horn to where he had to run back to his car and it had a note on it that said don't or something to that effect and so 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 mike has been scrambling these, these last few episodes to try to figure out what the heck is going on who's telling them and all this crap so i mean it it just played out to where we see uh them kind of meet and they kind of come to an agreement that you know he doesn't care if he messes up Hector's trucks. In fact, do more of it, and and that's kind of we kind of where we are with Mike. But yeah, it was it was cool to see Gus come back. Uh, though it's funny because Gus kind of looks the same age, but Mike look looks way older to me. Yeah, I mean, it has <laughs> been a while, and. The other thing Gus tells Mike about um, Hector is that he says a bullet to the head would have been too humane. Like he says that at the end of the last episode. So I feel like in this episode that aired tonight, we're going to maybe get some more background on that. Hopefully it'll flesh it out some more. Now I'm kind of think this Hector does make it to Breaking Bad. So we know he's not going to die, right? Yeah, he's in, he's in Breaking Bad, but he's like, like a, like he's in a wheelchair and he like can't talk. You know, he's like, it's like he had a stroke or something. Like he's just, it's pretty much mm. an invalid. Cause you know, um, Tuco, was it Tuco, Tuco Salamanca, his nephew, um, in the first or second season, you know, he goes to visit him and, um, he's like, and just in a wheelchair and everything, you know, like he's not, yeah, <laughs> not really, you know, when, you know, when, um, basically when, um, what is his name? Uh, the policeman guy, the, Hank, uh, when Hank, when Hank follows, oh, Hank. Oh, when man. Hank follows, um, he follows, uh, he follows Walt out to that, that house where Tuco takes, um, he takes Jesse and, um, Tuco takes Jesse and Walt out there where his uncle is, which is a Hector, and he's like mute and he can't talk and he yeah, I, I remember he can't really move. Yeah. And then I think that's when Hank kills Tuco, I think. And then they send the um they send the two brothers after Hank or something. I I can't remember, but it's been so long since I've seen that. But yeah, <laughs> Tuco is his nephew. I do know that. And yeah. Yeah, man, it's good stuff though, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it and am gonna uh, keep up with the season. It's so cool how everything ties together though. I mean, I really do need to go back and rewatch Breaking Bad. It's been so long. I've yeah. seen it like three times. I've watched it twice by myself. Oh, God. And then I watched it through again with my wife. Um, t- cause she had never seen it. So me and her sat and watched through the whole thing. Um, so. I've only seen it exactly once, so <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch through. I want to watch it again, just like I want to watch The Wire again, since it's been so long since I've seen The Wire. That's another great TV show. Those are probably to me the two greatest television shows ever. I have not watched The Wire, dude. You need to watch The Wire. That's Idris Elba's like American debut, pretty much, and he is he's awesome in that. He's awesome in that uh, show. It's just a really good show, though cool and you get to see like um you get to see like crime and everything you get to see it from like different angles so like the first season you'll see it from like the policeman's angle and then the next season you see it from like the drug dealer's angle and then they have like this union group 
where they're doing like shady stuff at the docks and you gotta get to see it from there. Is, is, is it, is it the same season over and over? It's not the same. Ang- it's not really the same season. You just get to see like the story progress from different angles. Okay. Gotcha. And they still keep up with the previous characters too, but they just keep adding like new wrinkles to it. And it's just, it's really, really interesting. Like I highly recommend watching the wire if you haven't. It's, it's an excellent TV show. And I was really sad when it ended. Even though the the last season is not really, I think the third season is probably the peak. Mm-hmm. One, one of my friends called the third season Shakespearean. <laughs> it's just oh, wow, it's really really good though. Like I definitely watch, definitely watch. Cool. I think we're done, man. Yeah. Sorry, I went on another end. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> So guys, um, you know the spiel. Uh check us out at techpedition.com. We're at techpedition on all the social medias, as it were. And yeah, uh if you like the show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review and give us five stars or whatever star rating you think we need or five. deserve. Just f- <laughs> just five or don't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh thanks again for listening, guys. Uh Carrie, you have anything else, man? Uh not much. Uh just I'll just say look out for some more videos from me. I'm I'm almost to the point to where, like, I feel like writing articles are, is a waste of time at this point because people just watch videos. They don't really read articles anymore. Yeah. Agreed. Like they used to anyway. So I'm going to be trying to post some more videos in the next week or two. Uh, look out for a Google Home review and maybe some more things. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Until next time. Have a good week. Go south. Very, very quick. 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 Go south. I can't, I can't beat that. I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.